I think the one thing about my testimony that, that I really hope stands out the most is I didn't know anything about what it means to be a Christian. I wasn't raised with the church. I didn't know Bible verses. I didn't know any churchy words. I didn't know anything about what I was doing there, except that I wanted to know God in that personal way, like those people did. And and so you don't have to have all the answers. You don't have to be some have a good church background. You don't have to have all of this knowledge. You don't have to clean up your act first. You don't have to know any of that before you can give your life to God and let him use it. And the other thing that kind of goes with that is sometimes you kind of question, can, can one prayer make a difference? Can you really pray a prayer, a, you know, a salvation prayer or you know, this prayer where you confess your sin and that he comes into your life, can, can one prayer really save you? And even me, myself, I've, I've said that over to myself over the years when I'm witnessing to people and they, they want to pray and accept Christ, can one prayer make a difference? And every single time, the Holy Spirit just whispers to my heart, it worked for you, didn't it? Why wouldn't it work for them just the same? Hey, everybody. You are listening to Grace Bond Ministries. Grace Bond Ministries is about sharing the Word of God, having conversations about difficult topics, talking about apologetics, coming together, tackling issues, answering questions, studying the Scripture, Uh, doing devotionals. Listen, Grace Bond Ministries has so many different things that we're going to talk about, that we have talked about, we're going to continue talking about. uh, And this podcast is made for someone who wants to know more about the Christian faith or wants answers to their questions or just wants to ask questions or just wants a safe place to talk about things, even things like politics, you know, abortion, uh, homosexuality, hell, you know, or just how do I have strong faith? That's what you're going to get when you listen to Grace Bond Ministries. So thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope you are blessed and encouraged by what we do here. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Grace Bond Ministries. Uh, me and Christian are back recording. We actually haven't recorded in a while uh, just because of the summer being crazy busy. But uh, today we have a special uh, testimony interview. And uh, we're interviewing Miss Joanne Lapp, and she's going to share her testimony and uh, a little bit more um, uh, about what God has done in her life. And listen, uh, if, if you're listening to this and you're like, hey, I also would, would be willing or am interested in sharing my testimony on the podcast, uh, just reach out to me. Email me at gracebondministries at gmail.com, or uh, you can message us through Facebook or, or uh, you know, whatever. Just uh, if you know me personally, just reach out, and we'll see when we can schedule you to get you on and have you share your testimony. All right, so listen, I just want to introduce Miss Joanne to you today. Miss um, Joanne is a, actually, she's a church member where I am a youth pastor at. Uh, and so she uh, reached out on Facebook and asked anybody if they'd be uh, willing to share their testimony on the podcast. And Miss Joanne said she'd be willing to. And so here we are. And so Miss Joanne, 
Um, she she is. Um, if you ask anybody here at church or anybody that knows her, they'll tell you that she loves the Lord, loves to teach, loves to share God's word, and uh, she's one of the best here at, at our church. And and uh, everybody just really loves her to death. And and a lot of people really want to be in her uh, Sunday school class, <laughs> and they love having her as as a teacher. And so I'm excited to hear her story and about what God has done uh, in her life this morning. So, uh, Miss Joanne, is there anything else you wanted to share about yourself before we get started? No, that's way more than enough. Um, I just, um, when you asked about sharing testimony, I, I always look for an opportunity when I can share. And if God can use this and put this out there somewhere where he can use it to reach somebody for, for um, his glory and his honor, then I'm quite willing to do that. All right. <clears throat> All right. So Christian, maybe you want to get us started? Uh, maybe start, uh, uh, you know, just kind of start the interview off for us. Yeah. So with your testimony, I think it's always important to see what life was like before Christ, where you grew up and just where God had put you before you had come to know him. So, Mr. Andy, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from and how what God was doing in your life before you were saved? Sure, I'd be glad to. Um, I was born in Johnstown, Pennsylvania. It's, a, it's in the western part of, the, of, of Pennsylvania. I am a coal miner's daughter. Um, I grew up in a middle-class neighborhood. I, our town was very, very ethnic, and they were very proud of all the ethnicity that that you could find there in the neighborhood I lived in, it was predominantly Catholic. We did have some Methodists and my uncle that lived two doors away, he was Lutheran, but it was a very religious kind of neighborhood. Um, and I, used, I sometimes joke that we were the neighborhood heathens because we didn't go to church. We weren't involved in that at all. I envied all the the kids in the neighborhood that would go to church and be involved in things. They went to Catholic school. Um, they would have their first communions and get the cute little dresses and the cute little white patent leather shoes. But none of that meant anything for me because, you know, we didn't go to church. And um, over the years, I, it was one of those situations where I believed in God. I never, it's not something I questioned. I believed that Jesus was God's son. I understood the Christmas story. I understood the Easter story somewhat, but I, it meant nothing to me personally. There was no connective tissue. I, on the rare occasion I went to church, it would be at Christmas or an Easter and once in a while Bible school. I got just enough Bible school to know that Jesus wept was the Bible verse you want to memorize because that was easy. But nothing connected for me on those rare instances where I went to church. And so, um, you know, I believed in God, but it, it meant nothing to me. Um, when I was 15, uh, right before my 16th birthday, my family uh, moved from um, Pennsylvania to Florida. My dad retired from the mines 
and we were starting a new life in a new situation in Florida. Um, I was really worried and kind of concerned because I had never had to make friends before. I went to a school where, where the kids you started kindergarten with were the kids you graduated with. So I never had to make friends. I didn't know how to do that. Um, and to make matters worse, when we got there, my dad got sick. And, um, and so there was just a lot going on right after we arrived in Florida. Okay. <clears throat> so now, uh, so what, so what kind of happened? I mean, once, so you moved to Florida, started making new friends. I mean, but what, what was the community like then, like religiously and stuff when you actually, when you moved to Florida? Um, I had a great friend that um, was Swedish. So she had like, a, again, it was a real ethnic group. And then I had a friend, Donna. And shout out to Donna. Um, she became one of my best friends. And during the time when my dad was in the hospital down in Tampa General, we lived in Newport Ritchie. That's where um, we ended up. Um, she um, invited me home um, for dinner. She said, why don't you come to my house? Uh, my mom is making meatloaf. And then you can go to church with me. And I never, I, I never knew that people went to church on Wednesday. That, that was like, I had no idea what people would do in church on a Wednesday night. But so I mentioned her mom was making meatloaf. Yeah, I figured um, going to church in some random situation was worth the price of meatloaf <laughs> for dinner. And so I went. Um, um, and then that night was the night that everything changed. Wow. So meatloaf changes lives. Meatloaf changed my <laughs> life. <laughs> it was really good meatloaf. <laughs> Chris, do you have any uh, uh do you have any of the any more questions before we moved on? I think I wanna just like I think your story, Mr. Owen, especially at the start of it is a lot of what we see now especially in America, mm -hmm. people grew up in those neighborhoods or they grew up around people that went to church. So they know the basic thing. And especially in the South, people know who Jesus is. They know what he did, but it doesn't really make sense. And it shows the importance of a personal invite because you wouldn't have gone. Exactly. You wouldn't have really known. And so there was at one point where my mom decided, wow, I think that you need to get baptized. And well, I, I don't know why that was suddenly important to my mother, but it was. And so the, on the rare occasion that we attended church, we attended a Christian church and they do um, communion every Sunday. And so she convinced me to get baptized because then as, and this is really disrespectful, but this is what I thought, if I go ahead and let them dunk me, I can have the snack they serve halfway through church. <laughs> and, yeah. um, and then I found out that they called that communion. 
And of course, growing up in a Catholic neighborhood, I thought, oh, so I get to take my first Holy Communion. And so I I thought, I'm going to get the cute little white dress and the cute little white shoes, and they'll dunk me, and and I'll have my cute outfit, and then I have snack. And that, I mean, that is how unchurched, knowledgeable I was. But what happened was that all happened. I got to take communion, and I had my name on a church roll. So I followed somebody's idea of what it means to be involved in a church. I was a church member. I could take communion. I was baptized, but I didn't understand a bit of it at the time. Wow, yeah, yeah, I think, Christian, I think you're right there. I mean, this is probably, uh, it's a common story. I mean, people, I mean, you know, we would coin the term, uh, you know, cultural Christianity. It's like you could follow the culture, you could follow, follow the, the ethnic, you know, rights and stuff, and and uh, and still be far from God. I mean, that was a lot of a lot of Jesus' conversations through the Gospels and stuff with the Pharisees. Is that, you know, hey, you're religious, but your heart is far from God. You know, uh, it's interesting. I think this. I think somebody. Uh, I think this will definitely reach somebody, uh, for sure. Because I know there's plenty of people in the same situations, uh, and maybe this will kind of consider them to you know, get them to consider. You know, am I just religious or is there something in my heart uh, for this? Mm-hmm. Well, Ms. Joy, why don't yeah, you, uh, I know that ahead. when yeah, I do ahead. mission trips, it really resonates with a lot of people from different um, religious cultures because they've also followed the rules of, of their right. church, but it doesn't change their life. Right. But go ahead and tell us some more about uh, what happened that Wednesday night. Um, I love this part of my story. It's just the best. I went to church with my friend Donna. It was a little tiny country church down in Port, well, actually down in Holiday, down in Pasco County. And um, there were seven people there that night. The pastor didn't preach. I was really glad because I thought he would be boring. (laughs) And what started happening instead was each person started getting up and talking about how God had helped them through the week. And there was an old man there and um, he got up and he started talking about how his wife had died and he, he missed her and he was alone but that God helped him with his loneliness. And somebody else shared about being, um, you know, having a sickness and, and, and how God, if they prayed and then they felt better. And one lady talked about how she lost her car keys and she prayed and then she found them. And I'm listening to these people and two things were happening simultaneously. One, I was recognizing the fact that sooner or later they were going to get to me. There's only seven people there. They were going to get to me sooner or later. And I was eyeballing the back door. Like, could I possibly get out of here without them noticing? Because they're, they're getting closer and closer to me. Yep. But I couldn't leave because I wanted to hear more because while I believed that there was a God in heaven and I believed that Jesus was his son, but I couldn't figure out why that mattered to me. 
what these people were talking about, it, they made it sound like God was their personal friend. I said, he cared about their everyday lives. And when that man talked about how lonely he was, I thought, I'm lonely. And when somebody else would talk about how they were worried or concerned, I thought, I'm worried. I'm concerned. My dad's in the hospital. And I'm scared. And if he cares about car keys, does he care about things in my life. And so I was just hearing about God in a way I had never heard before. And they finally did get to me. And I, I, I didn't have a story. I'd never heard anything like this in my whole life. And the, I said, the only thing I knew to say, I said, you can pray for my dad. He's in the hospital. And the next thing I know, those seven people have me by the arms and they're, they have me at the altar and they are praying for my dad and they're praying for me. And I got to tell you guys, these people, they didn't know me at all. I was 16 years old at that point, And these are a bunch of old people. Now I'm old, so I can <laughs> say that now, but these are a bunch of old people praying for this teenage kid and my dad. And I was embarrassed to tell him it's just Tess. You know, it's like, y'all were praying for my daddy and it's just Tess. But, but that's how much they cared. That's how much they loved. That's how much they believed God cared about me. And I just looked up at them. And I looked at that old man. And I said, how can I know God like you know God? He said, it's easy. First of all, you need to recognize that you're a sinner. That means that you've done things that you know are wrong. I thought, oh, that's easy. He's like, yeah, well, the Bible calls those things sin. And when you come and you pray to God and you confess those sins, you agree with him that you are a sinner. And that you ask him for forgiveness. Then he comes into your life and he removes that sin. And he comes into your life, and he becomes a part of your life. All you have to do is pray and invite him to do that. Would you like to? I said, oh, yes, yes, I want to do that. So that old man, he prayed with me that night. I, you know, I knew so little about what I was doing. I didn't know it was getting saved. I didn't know it was becoming a Christian. I didn't know any of the churchy words. I didn't know any churchy verses except Jesus wept. I didn't know anything more than that. I didn't know if I was going to get in trouble when I got home and told my family. All I knew is I wanted what those people had, and I got it that night. Wow. That's interesting. I mean, I mean, it's there's a lot of important points out of that, too, is... Um, you know, one of the things I try to do as we go through this is I want to, you know, we want to, we want to encourage, uh, the Christians. I mean, it's, it's already encouraging for us, you know, just to hear what God has done, but, uh, just different, different ways that Christians, uh, just served and loved and, and, uh, cared for people and how they shared the gospel and how they, they, you know, that's how, you know, we can make a difference. You know, we can serve and do the things 
of the Lord, do the work of, uh, or the, the ministry of reconciliation, you know? Uh, and so that's interesting there is, you know, we see that it, Christians, like, listen, it's, it, it makes a difference. Like if you act like a genuine Christian that genuinely cares about people because God genuinely cares about people, uh, that people do recognize that they realize that, uh, this, this is, that's really powerful to me and encouraging and just to, to see how God orchestrated the, the, you know, that's exactly what you needed that night. You know, I mean, who knows, like you said, I mean, the whole night could have been completely different had it just been, you know, a pastor was preaching, you know, and, uh, mm-hmm. it's just, it's just amazing how God orchestrated it all out. Oh, you haven't heard anything yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Christian, do you have anything before we moved on? Might be something wrong with his mic. <clears throat> All right, Miss Joanne. Uh, so what happens next? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I went home and I had to break it to my mama that I had become a Christian. And like I said, I didn't know she was going to be afraid or, or mad at me or not. I was pretty afraid. Um, she was happy for me. It was She was fine with it. Um, what I didn't realize, and this is kind of like where that rest of the story comes in, is while those men, yeah, I thought my mom, I thought my dad was just having tests and that my mom was down there with him. But what was actually happening was as those people were praying for me and with me and for my dad, the doctors were telling my mom that my dad had really bad lung cancer and he had less than six months to live. And that he was to have surgery the next day. Uh, They wanted to do some biopsies. And so what I thought was just simple tests at that point, it was not. But while they were meeting with the doctor, these people were praying. Um, and the next day when my dad had surgery, um, he did not have cancer. And I can tell you like a whole big story about what did happen there, but we would get mightily sidetracked. It's a great God story and maybe that save that for another day that we'll just, for today, leave it with um, God really, really answered their prayers. And my dad did not have lung cancer. And he lived another 25 years. And um, and the way God did it was pretty miraculous, really. And I don't use that word lightly. And, you know, I think it was like a wonderful thing that he did that for my dad. But at the same time, I think that he just really wanted this young girl that knew absolutely nothing about what she had just done, that he is in the prayer answering business. The other thing that happened um, immediately was, um, you know, I was kind of new at that school and I didn't have a lot of friends, but there was this... um, really cute guy that I had my eye on for a while. And he stopped um, on the way to school and wanted to know if I wanted a ride to school instead of riding the bus. And I jumped at the chance to get a ride with him. 
And on the way there, um, he said that he had heard what had happened to me the night before. And I asked how he could possibly know that. And he told me that the old man that prayed with me was his grandfather. And that he was really um, happy to hear about that. He invited me to go with him to church. And I'd like to think that I would have been intelligent enough to realize that that would probably would have been a good idea that now that I was a Christian, I probably should try going to church. Um, I think I could have figured that out for myself, but I would not have had a way to get there. And so when this cute boy, uh, grandson of this man, invited me to church with him, I suddenly now have a way to go to church, and I was able to join immediately a community of believers and get involved. After church, he invited me home to his family's house for dinner, and it was my introduction to a Christian family and what it was what that would look like, what they sound like, how they act and interact with each other. Um, I didn't come from a bad family. We just weren't a close family at all. And so it was really cool watching this family and how they interact and how they go to church and how they do things. And just even like just praying for meals or just the way they engaged and talked to each other was just, I watched them. I watched every move they made. They were my role models. And and I loved them so much. Jonathan, Christian, I loved them so much. I married that boy. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. So that's, that's-, that's actually how... You know, later, like Roger told me that he would not date a girl that wasn't a Christian. And as soon as his grandpa came home that night and told him that um, about me getting saved, he was like, I am ready to ask her out. (laughs) And um, we started going out the very next week and we've been together ever since 50 years. We've been together. And I. You know, God put me with a family that could that could teach me and mentor me and instruct me and and just point keep me pointed in the right direction. And I owe a lot to the the Lap and Deskins family, keeping me uh, grounded and pointing in the right way. Of course, that cute boy that picked <laughs> me up alongside the road there and took me to church. <laughs> That's awesome. So what? Uh, so what? What else? What else really changed? You know, when I mean, uh, you know, how did life? You know, I mean, life was different because now you're going to church, <laughs> I'm sure. But um, you know, what else changed? I mean, like school life, your home life. I mean, how did how did other things start to change? Well, my I, I tried my very first attempt at witnessing was to my dad. Um, the words "epic fail" come to mind. Um, that, that did not work out real well. Um, I did um, a lot of, one of the things that would have happened was I had a lifelong dream of moving to Los Angeles. My plan after high school was to move to Los Angeles and um, go to college out there and live there. And um, 
I don't know. I, I think that me loose in Los Angeles in the seventies would have been a really probably bad idea. And because I was um, dating and then engaged to Roger, um, he had a had a real desire to move back to the community he was from. And so, um, you know, during high school, we we dated, uh, we graduated. I was at the end of my junior year when we started dating. And so it was just like a year later that we both graduated and made plans to get married and move to Ohio. Uh, we lived in a Mennonite community there. That was fun. Um, kind of different. Um, me as the, the farmer's wife, that was a fun time. Um, but we we were involved in ministry there. Um, we worked with the youth there. Um, we got involved in, they had a bus ministry. You know, we, we were always were able to be involved in ministry, um, either as a couple or, you know, he would kind of do his thing and I would do mine. Our son was born. Um, we moved back to Florida. One of when my kids got old enough for me to be able to to work, um, I did several different things. But most of my career was in church administration, so I was actively involved in the, in church life all the you know daily as as part of my job, not just my ministry opportunities. I always, always wanted to teach. I, I especially wanted to teach women, and I, and I informed God of that 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 I wanted to teach women because I really felt like I had a lot that I needed to tell them. And God, in His infinite wisdom and and mercy, was like, um, no, <laughs> no. You, you don't get to teach because you think you have a lot you want to tell somebody. <laughs> That's not a good reason. And, uh, and you know, you know church life. There are ups and downs and things can happen. And, and we went through a, a particularly rough time. And, and uh, I was on staff at a church and we went through a rough time. And, uh, and I, I, didn't want to, I just kind of wanted to hang out in the back row somewhere, minding my own business. And my boss's wife um, asked me if I would teach her women's class for her. And uh, I loved my boss's wife, Jeannie. She was, she was a mentor. I just admired her so much and she knew what had gone on with us. Um, and I said, Jeannie, there's no way that I can teach. I, there's there's nothing I have to offer somebody. And Jeannie just smiled at me and she said, I know now that's why you're ready. Because you know, it's not about you. It's what God can do through you. And now you're ready. And so that began my uh, time teaching. And, uh, you know, and, and over the years, I've taught I've taught women's classes. I've taught um, young couples classes. I I taught a young couples class so long they became the median adult class, and I had to break it to them they weren't young anymore. That was fun. <laughs> and God blessed me with the opportunity of sharing my testimony um, on eleven different mission trips 
around the world. So my little simple story, God has used mightily um, over the years, and, and I've been real blessed by that. So lots of opportunities, uh, things that, that I would never have imagined. You know, um, Ephesians you know, 3.20 talks about, you know, God that will do immeasurably more than you could ever ask or imagine, and, and that's, that's the truth, boy things that I never would have imagined being able to do, um, sharing my testimony, you know, in all these different places. It's, it's been a real blessing. Wow. That's awesome. Uh, but Christian, did you have anything? That's just cool to hear. Um, I couldn't, my headphones were starting to mess up, but that you were saved through other people's testimonies while we're recording the testimony podcast. And then just, I know, right. <laughs> it's, it's cool how God works. And then just the story of you in ministry and how God doesn't really call the people that would expect, would expect it or at the time that they expect it. I think that shows throughout the Bible. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, it's Joanne, funny because, up? like, oh, go ahead. yeah, it, it's funny because, um, you know, Moses, he really thought that he was doing God a favor when he decided that he was going to go into Pharaoh and do his thing and, and that he was going to rescue, you know, his people. And that turned out tragically bad for him. And so he's out in the middle of nowhere and God comes to him in a burning bush and he's like, I can't, I, I can't, I I can't speak. I can't do it. I, you know, there's nothing in me that makes me qualified to do that. I, I'm sure God has a sense of humor because that was the very first lesson that I ever taught to adults ever. <laughs> so yeah. it's like, yeah. So <laughs> it's like, there's a little irony as, as well, you know. Right. That's interesting. What, yeah. uh, uh I had another question. I mean, what, so I man, as you've, you know, as you've gone through life, um, you know, what are, what are, I mean, you can share what, share what you feel comfortable with, but, uh, you know, what are some struggles you've had, uh, even as a Christian? Uh, is there anything there you'd like to share? Um, probably, I'm going to, I would cry. <laughs> I'd probably ugly cry if I shared very many things. I think probably one of the things that I struggle with are the why questions. And, and sometimes it's not like, why did you do this to me? But more like, why are you doing this to the people I love? Um, you know, you're, you're a daddy. And so you can imagine if Emerald was going through something, you would want to know why. Like, why are you doing this to my child? If I could just understand, Lord, it would be okay. I would be okay. We would be to good together, God. But God doesn't tell you the why for somebody else. And, and there have been several times where, where I've had to kind of wrestle out some of those why questions where I just need to come to the point where I'm not going to always get the answer that I want. Um, I just have to trust God that he knows what he's got and he knows what he's doing. And I'm certainly not. And, and, um, 
you just have to to live without knowing why sometimes. And and that's been the hardest, um, some of the hardest times. Um, and and over the years, we have had some. My my best friend calls them um, interesting church experiences, <laughs> where things just kind of go a little sideways sometimes, and you're not really sure. You're not really sure why, and and you're left really hurt. And I think sometimes you know those those church hurts are the worst. To, to deal with because they're the ones that would be building you up and kind of your support system. And, and that's kind of been hard to some of those times where church people have really disappointed me as well over the years. But again, you have to just start to decide, are, are you there for them or are you there because you're, you love God? And I can remember there was a time where I'd gone through a rough one and, and I was, we were going to church and I might have had a pretty bad attitude about it. And, and I can remember just, just talking to God the whole way there. The only reason I am going is so that Satan knows that he lost and I am still on your side. And, and that was the only reason that I was going. Um, and sometimes it, it's really hard. Um, you have to just remember why you're there and and who you go for, and that you're it's you and God, and and you need you need them. You, we're the church is made up of a lot of imperfect people trying to follow God the best they know how, and sometimes we get it wrong, and mostly we get it right. Right. All right. Well. Maybe to kind of wrap this up, I know this is it'd be kind of difficult here, uh, but what's something, what's what's maybe the most important part of your testimony uh, or just something like a last final thought, if you if you wanted one thing um, for everyone to get out of this, if they're listening, what would that one thing be? I think the one thing about my testimony that, that I really hope stands out the most is I didn't know anything about what it means to be a Christian. I wasn't raised with the church. I didn't know Bible verses. I didn't know any churchy words. I didn't know anything about what I was doing there, except that I wanted to know God in that personal way, like those people did. And and so you don't have to have all the answers. You don't have to be some have a good church background. You don't have to have all of this knowledge. You don't have to clean up your act first. You don't have to know any of that before you can give your life to God and let him use it. And the other thing that kind of goes with that is sometimes you kind of question, can, can one prayer make a difference? Can you really pray a prayer, a, you know, a salvation prayer or, you know, a, this prayer where you confess your sin and that he comes into your life? Can, can one prayer really save you? And even me, myself, I've, I've, 
said that over to myself over the years when I'm witnessing to people and they, they want to pray and accept Christ, can one prayer make a difference? And every single time, the Holy Spirit just whispers to my heart, it worked for you, didn't it? Why wouldn't it work for them just the same? That's it. All right. Well, amen. Well, thank you so much, Ms. Joanne, for coming on. Uh, we really appreciate it. And we're just, uh, we're praying that, uh, we're praying that God will use uh, your testimony. Maybe this will be another opportunity to just get it out there and have other people that uh, may be able to relate and uh, maybe just kind of give some motivation. You know, sometimes we just need some motivation as Christians to get out there and share the gospel. You know, we just need to be reminded that, hey, uh, God still does work, and God wants to work through you, and that there's people in your life that need to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ, you know, so we just thank you so much for sharing, um, and uh, we really appreciate you, and and uh, on my end, you know, we appreciate you having you here at, at Floral City at First Baptist, and <laughs> uh, lots of people do, I know for sure, but uh, Christian, did you have anything else? I just wanted to thank you from coming on and it's awesome to hear a story of another story of how God's working in people's lives and to see different people that work with Jonathan over at Floral City and see God working over there. You're most welcome. All righty. Well, thank you, Miss Joanne and everybody. If you're listening, listen, like I said at the beginning, if you want to share your testimony, just reach out and, uh, you know, I know it, it might uh, make you a little nervous, but, uh, you know, it, it'll be okay. Me and Christian are here, and, and we've done plenty of embarrassing things to, to count enough for you, too. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we, we, but we would love to have you on and uh, just to hear. I mean, even if we just were getting on here just to hear these stories would be great, but uh, just the fact that they have the ability to reach anybody on the Internet is uh, just quite, quite powerful, you know. So let's, let's use the Internet for God's glory. All right. So thank you guys for doing this today and uh, we will see everybody on the next podcast. God bless. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for watching the Grace Bond Ministries podcast or listening to the podcast. Uh, I know there's various ways that you could be listening to this right now or watching this right now, uh, but I just want to say thank you so much. And if you would, uh, wherever you're listening, if you're listening on YouTube, you know, subscribe to the YouTube channel, um, podcast, please you know, leave a five-star review and uh, write a little thing in there. If you're on Facebook, you know, leave a comment. Uh, let me know how this impacted you or uh, even any other questions or comments or concerns you may have. Um, and also, if you have an idea or you have something you'd really want to talk more uh, deeply about, you can always email me at gracebondministries at gmail.com. But thank you so much. Remember, for it is by grace you are saved through faith and not of yourselves, for it is the gift of God. Thank you for listening to Grace Bond Ministries.